Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. So... I saw my parents today. They went They went on vacation. They've been on vacation for like a week now. So, you know, they came back up. They came and we got breakfast together. And I don't know what demonic power came over me in order for me to suggest this as an option. But we did end up going to Cracker Barrel. Um, and this was on a Sunday at like 930. And it Bro, was It must packed. have been. Yep. Line out the door were people waiting in rocking chairs. Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. Classic. And yep. also, it's it was a parents weekend at the university here. So I'm like, surely all the parents will like want to leave or won't want to go out to Cracker Barrel like at 930 with their college student, right? Wrong. Incorrect. Fortunately, my parents got there first. So I just kind of rolled up and walked in. Very <laughs> nice. fortunate about that. Now... The reason I bring this up is because Cracker Barrel does this. They do many things that I have a general disagreement with. But the big thing is, I mean, other places do it too. But I think Cracker Barrel is the most notorious for it. Where if they only have tables for four left, but a party of five wants to sit there, they'll just scooch an extra chair on the end of that table. Which, right. you know, isn't the worst thing in the world until it's 10 in the morning, there's a breakfast rush, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, 95-year-old grandpa at the end of the table, he's just in the way. Yeah. He's, he's in the way now. Dude, this is just like tales from the food service industry. Yeah, I can't imagine. Fortunately, that's not something I have to deal with. I cannot imagine being like, great, I have to go get to table set... Man, that's where that's where the old man is. I have to pay, I have to pay the old man toll in order to get over to table seven. Yeah, dude, I don't miss that life at all. No, not at all. And like, shout out servers, bro. They're doing the Lord's work. They really are. I whenever like I am so complacent when it comes to being a customer at a restaurant at said Cracker Barrel. Because I was the last one to show up, everyone else had their drinks, and I was just like. I'll take a water when you get a chance. It was a good 10 minutes before I got my water. And the they whole time I have a chance. And I have a chance. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just kind of like, I'll remind her if she comes by. Not really a big deal. I'll live. And yeah, that's how man. this generation should be, quite frankly. Um, just die of thirst if they forget your water. Uh, so this week we're talking about Saw. We're going to do something that we haven't done in a hot minute. We're going to break this up into two sections. We're going to start talking about the movie and avoid spoilers purposefully. Then we're going to give another warning and then go into the spoilers. Just because I feel like there's enough to talk about this movie on both sides. And I need to talk about this movie on both sides. So if you don't want to hear us talk about the movie at all, you can go ahead and skip to this time code right here. Time code. 2655 So Saw um is a movie. It's 2004, uh directed by James Wan and has Carrie Elwes in it, Danny Glover, and also one of the other stars in the movie, Lee Wannell, Lee Winnell, one of those pronunciations. Uh sure. he's one of the leads in the movie and he also co-wrote the movie, which uh, I think is pretty cool. And I'm like, oh, what else has this guy done? He also, he went on to write and direct both Upgrade and The Invisible Man, which were both Whoa. one of my this favorite movies. Good. Yeah, they were both one of my favorite movies in the year that they came out, respectively. So when I saw this guy's like writing credits, I'm like, you know what? Fair. I respect it. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even, he's not a bad actor too. In this movie, I'm like, of the two of them, he's not as bad. Here's here's my beef with uh, Carrie Elwes, who um, plays Dr. Lawrence Gordon. He's yes, got also from the, Princess Bride and Robin Hood Men in Tights, for reference. Right, he's that guy. He's also in like the Jungle Book. He, he's got a bad guy voice, though, and it really annoyed me. Okay, sure. I get that because <laughs> the only reason I'm able to understand with what you mean by that is because I was introduced by Carrie Elwes through Psych, in which he was a bad guy for like four seasons. 
a charismatic bad guy, but a bad guy nonetheless. So I, I understand what you're talking about. He's just got a voice that's like, and especially in this movie, because here's the thing. If you know him from Princess Bride or um, Men in Tights, he's way younger and he's just got like this cheery prince-esque voice, like this, like almost pretentious, but like not a bad guy, just like yeah, annoying. But, but then in this movie, he's 40. He's 40. And that pretentiousness has turned into this guy's evil. And he's not a bad guy in this movie. This plot twist, this guy's in the game. And if you don't know anything about Saw, this is the stereotype of putting people who the antagonist does not like in really bad situations where they have to make choices of whether or not they're going to live or not. And in order to do that, usually they have to mutilate their body or withstand a lot of pain or make tough decisions. This is the, do you want to play a game? Yeah, so that's pretty much that's pretty much like the brief overview. You know, uh, Dr. Lawrence Gordon and Adam Faulkner wake up in a room together. They don't know each other, and they are receiving mysterious notes. It's pretty much like the horror movie version of an escape room. Right. And the there's and- clues hidden. There's they wake up in the room. They don't know how they got there. They're chained to a pole. They have to figure out how to get out within a certain time frame. And there are more twists and turns along the way, but that's the base premise of it. Now, also, this, this movie, movie, half the movie is actually flashbacks. Yes, I was about to say, this movie is an hour and 45 minutes long. So if you wonder your, to yourself, how do they fill that much time in a single room? The answer is they don't. They leave the room often. They It's flashbacks. It's how did we get here? It's the, oh, I just remembered cut away to them like where they were before this it's the characters keeping secrets from each other there's a lot of backstory which makes yeah. the movie and what goes on in this room is interesting but it's not the most interesting thing yeah so i want to give this while still kind of upfront and we have this in our horror movie month and i think that it very much belongs in the horror movie month and i just it's not scary. It's a horror movie that focuses way more on gore than it does anything else. And I say way more on gore. There's not a lot of gore. There's gore at the beginning and there's gore at the end. It also just alludes to it a lot. So if you want to watch this movie and you're like squeamish and you're afraid that like you won't be able to make it through, you will. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Huh. I am very squeamish. When they do tracheotomies on house and they like cut the, the cut the neck open so they can insert an oxygen tube, I have to look away when they do that stuff. I was fine during this movie. It's it's yeah. not a lot. It's tense. Um, and it's it's a thriller where it's just on the scary side. But like you don't have to worry about, you know, jump scares. You don't have to worry about like serial killers that are chasing people. Um, because the whole point of Saw is I'm gonna put two strangers in a situation, they're not gonna know how they got there. I don't have to chase them. The the scary part is I'm putting you in a situation where you are chained to a pole and I'm giving you saws and they're not going to cut through the chains, you know? So that's the scary part. It's a tense situation with like scary elements, but you don't have to worry about chases or like, you know, supernatural stuff. Were you on anybody's side throughout this movie? Um, Like, okay, I'm going to say this because this isn't a spoiler. It's Carrie Elwes' character is told in order for you to escape, you need to kill the other guy. And he tells the other guy this, like, right up front, like, hey, here's my conditions. He's Let's reading work together. The, the note out loud. So he is releasing the information as he knows it, which is a bad move. Read in your head and then divulge what you need to know. Yeah, maybe, like, I agree. If you tell him that, then, you know, cards are on the table and that can be used as kind of like a token of trust. But yes, Read ahead for sure. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, man, maybe he should know on my way out of here. I need to kill him. Um, he, They do do. They do do. They do keep some secrets from each other. Not a spoiler because it happens early. Um, But he needs to kill the other person. There's a dead body in the middle of the room who killed themselves with a revolver because there was they were previously poisoned. And they said the poison was so bad. They killed themselves. So he is given a bullet and he sees a revolver in the middle of the room that he can't reach and the other guy can't reach. And then they're giving saws. So it'll the whole thing alludes to the fact that he's going to have to saw his own leg off, put a bullet in a revolver, kill the guy. And once that happens, before the time limit, he'll get released. 
or bad things will happen to his wife and daughter. Now, back to my question. Was there, were you on one person's side or the other? Like, were you hoping they both made it out? Were you w- rooting for one over the other? Like, what was your thought process? I definitely was rooting for the younger guy, Adam. But the, the tricky part is I didn't get why they were in it, you know? Yeah. Because, like, they didn't seem like bad guys. They There's a couple, like, sneaky scenes that Dr. Lawrence is in. But that we don't ever find out what they're about. He's just doing sketchy things in hotel rooms um he's like i'm never cheating on my wife i'm like but this looks like it right definitely Um, yeah but maybe that's what got him in this place we never really find out same thing with adam like we're like why is he here like these guys seemingly unrelated but why is why do he have to kill him it just felt weird yeah i would i I would have wished these guys were bad guys um but because he never got any dirt on adam i'm like i well i hope he wins you know because his only goal, he doesn't have like a, a a task to do in order to get out. He just needs to escape. Yeah, we're diving deep enough into spoiler territory where we should wrap this up and like actually go into it. Um, this movie is definitely more tension than anything else. There are moments, there are definitely elements of horror in terms of pure jump scares. You get those like eerie moments, cut to black jump scare moments that happens like two or three times throughout the movie but that's not the main theme of the movie it's not like it's not out to get you really it's just like hey here's the situation how are they gonna handle it but that being said it's still rated off for a reason there's enough gore that it makes sense um but yeah there's a lot worse stuff out there Okay, so we're going to dive into the spoilers now. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, you can jump to this time code right here. Time code 2655. So, how do I put this eloquently? I The third act lost me. Pretty hardcore. Dude, we were doing flashbacks so often, I forgot they were trapped. <laughs> we cut back to them still being trapped in the room and i'm like oh forgot this was going on because we, we would cut away for like 20 minutes 25 minutes um with all the danny glover stuff the you know retired or ex-cop tracking stuff down and then we jump back to like how they got there and then there's some drama of like him taking pictures, doing suspicious things. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting backstory. And then you find out that Dr. Lawrence has been accused of this stuff. And the whole time I'm thinking, okay, what's this movie about again? And then we cut back to them. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're still stuck here and we're not making any progress. So I'm going to ask a genuine question because I do not know the answer to it. Was Danny Glover's character in on it? No. Okay. Because they the really was, made it feel like when it. When Dr. Lawrence got accused of it, I don't think so. Because here's how I came across that, right? Um, Because it felt like the movie lied to us, specifically. Because the entire time we're seeing flashbacks of Danny Glover's character and his partner trying to catch the serial killer. And then they get really, really close. And then Danny Glover gets an almost fatal uh, neck slice. And... His partner goes off chasing after the killer. And then we don't know what happens to the killer, or we don't know what happens to the partner or to Danny Glover's character. And we hear when uh, Adam is recounting his story, he's like, oh, who hurt, like, who kidnapped you? Do you know? And he's like, yeah, it was a tall black guy. And then it cuts to Danny Glover's character. And I'm like, so did Danny Glover's character kidnap Adam? And so I'm like, okay, so he's in on it. And then when uh, Dr. Lawrence or Dr. Gordon goes on, like, what do you, like, he's not a cop. Like, he's retired. He went kind of crazy. His partner died. I'm like, oh, so Danny Glover's character snapped and has now kidnapped these two. And so he's the one running the game. And then we see who is running the game and Danny Glover shoots the guy that's running the game. But then we don't get any resolution on Danny Glover's character. We don't know why he's there or what he's doing like it genuinely did not make any sense to me okay that's a you thing though because it may they explain it kind of um so ah, he you can't genuinely... say they explain it and put kind of okay they they allude to it so heavily they did everything but explain it is what i'm saying so they didn't say here's why i'm here he didn't say it because he's by himself but like so the thing is he's not a cop anymore his his partner got killed and he's not a cop anymore because 
He went a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Um, then he's still convinced Dr. Lawrence is running the game. So he's stalking him. He has an apartment across from his house. And he's just hoping to catch him. So when there's a guy, when he's spying and there's a guy in the house and then he hears gunshots, he's like, I finally got him. He breaks in, finds out, you know, sees a woman and her child tied up and he goes, this must be the guy running the game. Or at, at the very least, they're trapped. I need to figure out who this guy is in question of. So he's still under the illusion that Dr. Lawrence is the bad guy. And that's why he's stalking him. But he's not in on it. I think the reason the guy is like, the person who got me was tall and black. I think he was just like, he's the, I don't, we watch them both get kidnapped and you don't see that. So he might've been making something up. Yeah. Okay. So I just looked it up. It wasn't uh, Glover. It wasn't him. Um, okay. Which makes sense. When you watch the movie, it makes sense. It, I, I think it wouldn't, when you watch Danny Glover spying, none of yeah. it makes sense. That part, like when you explain that part to me, that makes sense. I, I feel like there are just lines of dialogue in this movie that weren't that. I don't know they were they had a weird placement in them. Okay, because then we do find out who's been watching them in the game, and then yeah. you find out this is like super spoilers, like end game spoilers. Then you find out he got paid to kidnap them and watch them and execute the game. He's doing he's running the thing, so that's how I know Danny Glover didn't kidnap him because there was a scene where he goes, I got paid to pick these guys up. I got paid to watch them. I got paid to take their family. I got paid to, to follow up with everything. He's running the thing. Yeah. Um, and then you find out that he's in his own game. Freaking wild, bro. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've been like alluded, you know, throughout the course of the movie, like it'll do like a quick shot to his face and that's it. And what, one of the police, what are they called? What are the cops? It's just like, um, he likes to have a front row seat to his own games. And we yeah. think that it's the person running the game. And then we find out that, no, it's the person that's on the floor that's been, quote unquote, dead this whole time. Right. Okay, let's talk about this room. Not enough clues. Actually, here's the thing. Yes, there's not enough clues. These guys didn't look hard enough. Because <laughs> then you find out, like, Adam's... His, we watched something fall down the drain when he wakes up, right? Because he moves, the chain goes, something falls down the drain, it looks like a light. And then he never checks the bathtub again. I'm like, you dummy. You are trapped there for like three hours trying to get out. And you don't It was start eight taking, hours. It was eight, even worse, bro. <laughs> I'm in an escape room. Do you know how many times they're like, hey, that's not part of the game. Hey, that's not part of the game. Hey, that's not... Do that to this room. Try and touch every tile. Try to touch every pipe. Like, if it's a game, tear the room apart. But these guys are just like, oh, man. They didn't even think to look into the toilet or turn on. Dude, these guys are amateurs. Amateurs. There was like four clues in the room, and they found half of them. Especially since Carrie Elwes's character woke up to what seemed like significantly earlier than Adam did. Yeah, and was in the dark. And wasn't yelling. Adam didn't wake up to, where am I? Like, what's going on? He woke up to, oh, yeah, dude, I've just been here. In yeah. the dark, by yourself. <laughs> and you didn't seem to yell for help, you dummy. And So stupid. Am I crazy to say that a saw that can cut through bone should at least be able to get through one of the links in the chain? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I... As soon as they picked up the saws, I'm like, let me guess, those are not metal saws. So I know there's a difference. Okay. However, sure. now that you bring it up, the fact that they're supposed to go through bone, I'm like, you know, that is that is also tough. <laughs> and um, the fact that Carrie Elwes does it while a phone is ringing and picks it up before the phone stops ringing, like... I guess. I don't want to Google this, but I am. Is bone is metal chains tougher? Let's do stronger. Stronger than bone. Bone typically has, uh, what the heck? You can do Stainless it. Stainless steel is three times lighter than bone. So, and bone is compared to concrete. Oh. So, but I think what it is, is it's not whether or not it's stronger. It's how easy it is to cut through. So it is stronger as far as breaking. Sure. But I think bone is easier to cut through. Oh, okay. 
But man, we are going so deep into the about stuff we have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. I've heard bone compared to concrete so many times. I don't know what that means. Then how come when people fall on the sidewalk, they can still hurt themselves? Like that. I mean, like when people trip and fall on the sidewalk and crack their head open, how come the concrete didn't crack? I don't know what any of this stuff means. There's a lot of things that you could tear apart about this movie. Um, cause it does seem like if they worked a little harder, they could have figured it out. Cause what ends up happening is we look at the clock and there's like 10 minutes left. I'm like, Oh no, it's past the time. Like a bunch, like a unrecognizable amount of amount, uh, amount of time has passed. And then you look at the clock and be like, Oh, we're out of time. And then he like starts cutting his leg and I'm like, Oh bro, your family's already dead. So are you just doing this for fun now? Because you said at six o'clock he's gonna kill your family. It's past six o'clock. So your family's already dead. Why are you cutting why are you cutting your leg? Yeah, I think the like two you should have things- just done that a while ago. You've if you've had eight hours, it should take you five hours to decide I can't get out, then three hours, then like so that way you have plenty of time. But don't wait till the last five five minutes after your time to then cut your leg off. That doesn't make any sense. I really do like the concept of this movie. I wish the movie was, I don't know, maybe to do what I am suggesting would be to completely change the premise of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and okay. I kind of wish it was more of an anthology inside of a movie rather than one continuous thing. Because we see other games that we that this guy makes other people play. So they're there. And so I'm curious how different this movie would have been if instead of having one problem and the other two being, you know, the recognize, like, and having the other two show us the pattern and rather have all three of them exist in the same movie and rather going from flashback to flashback, we kind of jump between the stories all together and, you know, some of them end well and some of them don't. I, I don't know. Maybe that I would just that, be it. A- I think this movie didn't understand what the interesting part was. They thought the interesting part was who's the bad guy. The interesting part is how they're going to get out of the room. Yeah. And so that's why this movie falters is because the third act is so heavily focused on who's the bad guy and the bad guy changing in the third act. Like, I'm like, no, that's not the point, though. No, the point is the game. It's, it's the what are they going to do? Us doing these flashbacks and jumping around to characters and seeing this investigation on who really is Saw. It's interesting, but not the most interesting thing. So let's not dedicate so much time to it. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to give it a flat six. I'm not against re-watching it and giving it a better score where maybe I have where maybe I pay a little bit more attention to the finer details um I will say the way this movie ends is very menacing but it almost seems unfair oh, I liked it because mm-hmm. the way the movie ends like the final like 15 seconds very menacing good way to end a movie there was just something about like the way he's like, check the bathtub, and then it does the flashback to the key going down the drain. And I'm just kind of like, okay, well, that's not fair. It was one of those things where he's like, you could have got out. I'm going to tell you how you could have got out, but you didn't win. Yeah, so I, I, I just didn't like that part. Um, in the Like I said, I'd watch this for maybe a better chance, but right now it's sitting at a flat six. I'm giving it a flat seven. This is my favorite scary movie we've done in October so far. Maybe not my favorite scary movie we've done ever but as far as october movies so far this is my favorite um it has one of the most cohesive plots as far as like the trippy things i have to watch again it plays by the rules pretty much the whole time there's just a couple things like cinematography wise and writing wise from the writing i'm like okay no one talks like that cinematography there's a couple scenes where they speed things up a lot it's something they did in the early 2000s oh yeah i thought about that too yeah there's something did in the early 2000s just like simulate anxiety and stress and that annoyed me because they did it more than once um so it's definitely not worthy of an eight nine or ten which is what we give movies to really like would recommend i think it's a good classic i think it's when people want to watch a halloween movie and they don't want it to be bad this should be one of them this is yeah 
moderately scary. The plot makes sense for the most part, uh, and it's easy to follow what's going on. Um, I'm going to so say one last thing, and maybe sure. I'll maybe I'll splice this into a part where I ramble for no reason. Um, and this will be the last thing I have to say is when Carrie Elwes is describing the downfall of Danny Glover's character, it just felt so out of place because we had been along for the ride for so much of it up to that point, and then. All of a sudden, we're like, oh, yeah, he's retired, mentally broken, and his partner's dead. Like, we get three bombshells in a single sentence, and it feels like I kind of got, like, character whiplash from it. Like, uh, uh, oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, but- it's just the writing was weird. There's a scene where um, the doctor is going out, and his wife's like, why do you always have to go? Uh, also, there's, like, a scene where he's in a hotel room with a person who might be an escort, might not be. He says he's not. Or this person is not. But I'm like, so what is that? Like, what is going on? Does that not matter? Does the fact this guy taking a picture of you, is it relevant at all? Like, there's a lot of just, like, plot holes. And I like the concept. The flash. what are we doing? The flashbacks to Jigsaw, like, being diagnosed with the cancer. And, like, Zep being there and the doctor being there. Like... That one was weirdly paced because that was supposed to be the reason like that was supposed to be his motive or whatever. Right. But I feel like not enough was explained in that flashback to give him motive because he goes. Also, that scene is so short in the grand scheme of the things in movies. That's minuscule. Like that'll make sense when we go watch it a second time. Yeah. But like when and, you're watching it, you have no idea what you're watching. And Jig and Jigsaw says, like, he says his motive out loud, which is you guys don't appreciate life enough. This is going to help you appreciate life when you get to the other side. But that flashback doesn't give us any context as to how they're not appreciating life. They're just doing their jobs. Yeah, it doesn't there's some plot holes in this. It's anyway, worth watching. But it's got flaws, bro. Anyway, let's move on to our improv segment. Let's welcome back the movie listeners. We're tanking forward. We're doing a new segment or a twist on an old segment. It's both. It's somehow both. (laughs) Right. So we're doing half cast. This is usually when we type up scripts and leave out crucial dialogue parts for the other person to struggle along and try to figure out where the story's going. Now we have pulled lyrics from songs and we're cutting out lines. And the other person has to see if they can remember what the lyric actually is or find a way that it matches. However, we're not telling the other person what song it is till the end and we're not going to sing it. We're just going to read the lyrics and hopefully the other person can figure it out or at least make it interesting and funny. Who knows? Do you want to go first or do, or do you want me to go first? Hit me with your lyrics first and I'll fill in the gaps. Okay. Why should I sit on my ass on the couch and be asking why life isn't equal? Wow. This is going to be hard. Okay. 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 What rhymes with equal? <laughs> Sequel. Um, okay, a- Alex, Alex, stop it right there. Stop it. I Don't try to make it rhyme, okay? Okay, so this, this movie... This, this, needs uh, to, this needs to play like a scene, okay? We're using okay. the songs okay. as, a, as, a, as a framework for a scene, okay? It's all conversational. I'll give it to you again. Why should I sit on my ass on the couch and be asking why life isn't equal? I should seize the moment and go do what I need to. Because everyone dies, and I wonder why leaders and power would lie to their people if they only took advantage of the situation maybe their life would be better but damn it i'd settle for fitting a 94 camry inside of my driveway it's the small things that get you through life come figure it out my way i'd rather be making the choices i'm proud of than chasing a mountain of money at the end of the day it's what i do that matters and it's my responsibility to make it better i got a brick and i'm laying it down I mean, where do you, I mean, that's pretty much sums it up. I don't know where I'm going to go from there. Um, maybe I'm a Mason or a carpenter, but I'm good with my hands. Because I'm in the red, but it's only a color that I will be painting this town. I mean, metaphor, metaphor, metaphor. I guess I'm just going through an existential crisis. Alex, I don't think you understand your own segment. <laughs> no, here's the segment. Guess what the lyric is. And if you can't figure it out, improv a good lyric. However, this guy is going off on a matter. I don't know what he's talking about at all. So like anytime I say any, here's the thing. Anytime I say anything, your lyric, I'm, I, I'm convinced the lyrics that I'm missing also don't make sense. 
So I guess I didn't understand that this game was just guessing lyrics. Yeah, it's a half guess. I'm cutting it out. I know what the right thing is. You don't. Uh, try to fill in the blanks. Here, I'll do mine. Okay. Okay. It's rapping. It needs to rhyme. Ready? Spewing venom in your words when you spit them. I morph into venom when I'm mad because I'm venom. Okay. Throw them down. Pin them. Eat them up. Spin them. <laughs> this is awesome. It's the rage that took over. It controls you both. G- gotta go to therapy because I <laughs> ate a couch. Sure. So they say you're best to go your separate ways. But we're connected both in spirit and in scheduled days. Because today, that was yesterday, yesterday is over. But you know I'm never going into another day sober. Bars, dude. You know, I'm going to stop it there. That's pretty good. Um, That was Love the Way You Lie with Eminem and Rihanna. Alex asked if I had an Eminem song, and I said no. And I, when he said Venom, I thought it was the end credit song to Venom. So I kind of just took a hard <laughs> swing there. <laughs> That's fine. All right, what you got? What's your other one? Okay. Um... Uh, I gave you the world, you threw it away. I wish you treated me better, and maybe we'd be somewhere else. Everything wasted, nothing to say. But I guess that's just life. We'll figure it out. I hear your voice, I feel you near. Sometimes I wish you never left, and you were still here. And now that I know that you are still here... It's almost as bad as when I thought you were gone. Why should I have a heavy heart? Because you're the one who did me wrong. Why should I go and fall apart for you? You're not even worth it. Why even try? Uh, Yeah, we can call it there. Yeah, dude, this is very emotional. You picked some like heartfelt. What was that song? Uh, That was Requiem from Dear Evan Hansen. It's the only song oh. I like from that song or from that show. Nice. All right. I'm coming at you, you with you a freaking curious, banger. To, in case you were the curious, first the, the first one was Strong as an Oak by Watsky. Two com- songs that I can almost guarantee our audience has never heard, except for I remember Zoe listens to this podcast. <laughs> so I happen to be wrong. All right. We're going to wrap it up with a banger. I know you know this song. Try and figure it out. It does rhyme though. Okay. Wear them gold and diamond rings. All them things. Don't mean a thing. You know I like you because you're shiny. This ain't just some fling. <laughs> I be on the movie screens, magazines, and bougie scenes. I know that I do good in school because I end up on the list of Dean. <sighs> I still go to Taco Bell, drive through, raw as hell. Oh, this Taco Bell is closed? I'll go to another Taco Bell. After the show, after the Grammys, I like to go cool out with the family okay i think i know what song this is don't remember the lyrics um (laughs) um and then i hang with sophie turner what you gonna do Ooh, bamley it's fergie's song glamorous oh i didn't know what song it was yikes i thought it was jonas Brothers. i thought it was the jonas brothers song cool oh it's yeah i know you know the song because it's in gta and there's only freaking 20 songs on one station so you've heard it a million times but when you're not actually singing it gets pretty tricky so that was half cast the lyrical version probably won't bring it back but who knows it's an improv segment so we're allowed to um if you have any suggestions write your congressman uh craig what do you got for a middle segment i've never heard this song before i'm listening to it right now none of this is familiar to me oh she is in a taco bell look at that they got taco bell for the music video craig it's often played in the strip club in gta it's only, it's like one of two songs in that strip club, and it comes on the radio on the pop station. I so think I that shows more to. about you than me, but that's not the point. We are going back to a segment that we have not done in a hot minute. So hot mm-hmm. that we didn't have it in our index. Um, but this is Crucial Conundrums from our Concerned Congregation. I have polled some people for some questions that they would like advice on, and it is up to us to either helpfully or unhelpfully answer their questions. Um, cool. I polled my D&D group for some questions. So, nice. hey, if you're listening to this, have some reflection on what you've asked. Question number one, what's the best form of revenge? Well, they say revenge is best served cold. Um, Which is why so- they won't expect it when you serve it to them hot. Right. So, best form of revenge is lava so if you can figure out how to like 
control lava if you could keep, if you could put lava in a box you know how people do that prank where they'll light a bag of dog poop on fire and then someone will stomp it out and then poop uh, if you could figure out how to do that with lava instead of poop that's revenge that's revenge it's best served that's kind of revenge i'm not a big revenge guy are you a revenge guy do you like payback um, or as some people say like karma karma you, I you think like karma is the thing. Some? I think that it's karma, not your revenge. It's the universe getting yeah, back even. to balance or whatever. Right? Yeah, getting I think even. that. I think that karma. I think is the best kind of revenge because it's the kind of revenge where you don't even have to intervene. You just have to let fate take its course, and it's nice to sit back and watch. Yeah, but I don't believe in karma, so I don't think that's that's not that's not my favorite kind of revenge. My favorite kind of revenge involves lava. Uh, question number two, how yeah. do you protect yourself from revenge? These are from two separate people. Okay. Protect yourself from revenge. Move far, far away. And I oh, think- Oh, let's just say, and- you make a good point. Hey, you always know if you're going to be the target of revenge. Yeah. You if never- you did something that bad and you're like, this person would be crazy not to get back at me. No <laughs> one accidentally does revenge. It's on purpose. <laughs> So if you finally, here's what happens. No one has ever been stabbed in the back and was like, oh, I don't even know who you are. It's only people you've known who you did, you, who you did bad things to. It's never a stranger. So if you do a bad thing, leave now and don't give anybody your address. Now, sometimes you might think surely the level of revenge they're going to get on me isn't going to be that bad. It always is. Hey, whatever level of revenge you think is appropriate, they think 10 to 15 times more. That's the bad thing about revenge, right? Is it's never proportionate. It's always like someone taking, have you ever like accidentally made fun of somebody? Right. And you're like, Oh dude, that came off way worse than I thought. And then they turn around and like, threaten you with something horrible or they're like well you brought that up about me i guess i can tell everyone how that you cheated on your girlfriend she didn't find out now she knows i guess you'd be like hey bro what do you first of all i mean in this imaginary scenario this guy's really a bad dude so maybe she should have brought that up and it shouldn't be used as revenge but at the same time be like hey man i just said it's your turn to pay we've been going out and i've been you've been mooching off me the whole time like it's never proportionate ever so like just know that when you're playing with psychos don't take your chances and uh obviously when they have lava on their hands that place you want to move to antarctica question number three yes why won't they love me back Ooh, that's a good one craig you want to take point on this one yeah this one's pretty obvious um it's because you are not trying hard enough gang let me tell you something about romancing a partner Uh, Whenever you're trying to be someone's suitor, the answer is always try harder. Everyone loves someone who is confident and aggressive. Like, hey, you got a red receipt and they didn't respond to you? Time to drive to their house. I think I I like the direction you're going. It is a little too much. Here's what I would say. If someone doesn't like you, it's 100% your fault. Yeah. So like, oh man, they're not into me. Well, maybe it's because you're unattractive. Oh, man, maybe they're not into me. Maybe because you have no confidence. Oh, man, they're not into me. Maybe you're not funny enough. Maybe you're too boring. Maybe you don't have any aspirations. Maybe you're not rich enough. It's always you. If you get all those things, people can't help but love you, bro. Now, do we have a way to fix any of those things? No, we do not. No way, bro. You can't teach talent. If you're not funny and they're into funny people, welp. That's why they make dating simulators. Yeah. Question number four. (laughs) Yeah. Send it. Um, what's the best place for discount anime? Craig, I, uh, me and this person must be, you know, in sync because I also have no clue. Um, I know this thing called Crunchyroll. um, Okay. And that's just a word I know. Okay. What do you think Crunchyroll is? Hey, define Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll is a streaming service for anime. Okay, that's unfortunately the correct answer and not a funny answer. Here's a funny answer. I feel Um, like Crunchyroll is what happens when there's an abundance of... I can't do anything with that. That's nothing. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. That's the longest (laughs) censor I've ever had to put in the podcast before. 
And that's wow. tame compared to the joke that I was, or like, <laughs> I the joke I was going to do now seems tame. Because I was going to say, hey, go to the last remaining family video. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in the Midwest. And then just kind of walk in there, go right to the back room. You know where it is, you filthy animal. And just kind of walk in there and just start scooping them off the shelves. What are they going to do? Take inventory on the back room? No thanks. That would mean an employee has to go back there. All right. Got any more questions? I got one last one for you. Sweet. Um, how do you find hope when everything is dark? Yeah, make a joke out of that one, Alex. Okay, here's what you do. <laughs> this is not good. Dude, any, all the goodwill I have built with our audience over the past 50 or so episodes since I had an existential crisis and realized our audience probably thinks I'm a horrible person, I'm going to throw out in this comment. When you think all is lost and you're depressed. Nah, we're good. I know what you're going to say. We're done. Well, let's just skip it. So when it's you're depressed and it doesn't get any darker, turn out the lights. I mean, yeah, technically, I guess. And just remember, Bam, hey. Just you got can, darker. Yeah. You can turn the lights back on. Whatever. Alex, what's our one hit? Um, Our one hit is called Cast Cameo Blacklist. It's kind of like a F. Mary Kill. Okay. Except oh, we're gonna pick three okay. actors. Gotcha. And gotcha. you can cast them in your movie. You can put a cam, put them just a brief cameo in a movie, or you can blacklist them from the industry. Okay. So, um, you give me three actors. I'll give you three actors or actresses, and uh, we'll just play cast cameo or blacklist. All right, here you go. Ryan Reynolds, um, Ryan Gosling, or Hugh Jackman. Um, cast Hugh Jackman cameo. Yep. Ryan Reynolds blacklist. Ryan Gosling, that one, that one. I understand that blacklisting Ryan Gosling is a is that's the hot take. I understand that. Um, I have not been completely won over by a Ryan Gosling movie. I like some Ryan Gosling movies, but I like more mm-hmm. of the other guys. Okay, stuff. Um, okay. I also had a very similar convention and how I was going to pitch my first people to you, which was um, Adam Devine, Adam Driver, and Adam Sandler. Easy. Um, Adam Devine movie, casting him, hands down. Adam Sandler, cameo, because can't afford him. And Adam Driver is blacklisted. And I hope that happens. Wow. Wow. Dude, I'm anti-Adam Driver, and I'm going hard in the paint for that. Whoa. Um, I guess if we're just going to keep this theme. We're going to do Jennifer Lawrence. We're going to do Jennifer Connelly. Do you you remember who she is? Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to do Jeanette McCurdy. A.K.A. Sam from iCarly. Huh. I'm going to say this one's tough because I don't think Jeanette McCurdy I mean, the obvious wants choice to... was me to throw J-Lo in there. Yeah. It's such an obvious blacklist. I just had to spice it up a little bit with a best-selling I, artist. I think Jeanette McCurdy like doesn't want to be in the industry anymore. So I feel like it'd be mean right. of me to like, bring her but back here's the in. Thing. Here's the thing. You're a good guy. So if she were to come back in the industry because she's been scarred for good reason, I mean, not for good reason, it's unbelievable, it's believable and acceptable that she does not want to be in the industry because of how badly she was treated. However, you're a good guy, so she can come back and work for you. That's fine. You know what? Just just in that, you know, I'll, I'll cast Jennifer Lawrence. Jeanette McCurdy can get a cameo, kind of dip her feet back in, see if she wants to do it. Um, And then, you know, Jennifer Connelly, sorry, nothing personal. Okay, that's fair. I've, I'm dropping the naming convention. Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it because it's fun, but you do you. Okay. Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Bradley Cooper. Got it. And uh, Bill Murray. Okay. Casting Bill Murray. Cameo. Oh, that really throws everything off. I'm not doing that. It's a Reese Witherspoon movie. Cameo Bill Murray. And it takes place in Chicago at a Cubs game. And he's just oh. there. <laughs> okay. And that means I'm going to blacklist Bradley Cooper, which pains me to say, but I don't think we're missing out on much. Um, Robert De Niro, Robert Pattinson, Robert Downey Jr. Easy. Ooh, this is so easy. I Here's what I think you're going to say. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. movie, De Niro cameo, blacklisting Pattinson. Bro, you could not have gotten that more wrong. Then I'm it, good because I, I did not want that to happen. Because it's a Pattinson movie with a De Niro nice. cameo. Oh, so I got the De Niro cameo right. I just mixed yeah, up. I, I was casting. thinking De Niro first, but then I'm like, he's been doing a lot. I'd rather have a new Pattinson join yeah. than a De Niro one. Pattinson I can go slash, back bro. and do more De Niro stuff. Um, yeah, that's fair. Want to do one more each? Yeah. Ben Affleck. 
Yep. Um, Chris Pine. Okay. And Donald Glover. Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, Donald Glover. Starring Donald Glover. Cameo, Chris Pine, Blacklisting Affleck. Okay, that's fair. Um, Affleck's just done a lot of stuff and a lot of good stuff. We just don't need any more. Donald Glover, I'm, we just need more things. We need yeah. more things from him. This is not fair. Um, and you know, if that means that our old boy gets a cameo, then he gets a cameo. I don't think anyone's needing anything from him, but it is what it is. Okay. Final one. Jeff Goldblum, George Clooney, Steve Carell. I'm going with Silver Foxes. Okay. This one's tough because... If this was 10 years ago, I would have put Clooney as the star. I have not liked a George Clooney movie in a hot minute. So I'm going to put, just for sheer hope, for hope, I'm going to make a a George Clooney star with a Jeff Goldblum cameo. Goldblum cameo is the best cameo. Yes. It was was just a matter of who was going to be the star. Blacklisting Carell is a death wish, though. That's yes, crazy. It is. I would have, I would have gotten rid of Clooney and been like, "Hey, just focus on your tequila and you know your philanthropy." I know. I haven't really seen any Steve Carell movies, so like, I don't have a big opinion on it. Cause like the last Steve Carell movie I saw was Despicable Me Three. Well, he also does shows. And that's like, he's really good in his shows. Yeah. Um, but such is life. Can't all be winners. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's cast cameo blacklist. It's a one hit. If you like it, play with your friends, but you're never going to hear it again on the podcast because it's the nature of a one hit. Uh, moving on to our good old segment, AKA the final wrapping up, AKA the free balling. Craig, what have you been watching or playing or reading? Or listening to so many options. It's a disappointment. I've failed all of them. Um, (laughs) I'm at a point now where uh, Thursdays are kind of like my TV show days because at the time of recording, She-Hulk, Abbott Elementary and Star Trek Lower Decks all come out on Thursdays. So it's like Mm -hmm. I'm just like guaranteed like two hours of new television, which is weird. I haven't watched this many shows week to week in like three years. Um, and all of them are really good. She-Hulk, at time of recording, episode seven, I think, came out. So there's only two episodes left. Um, it took a little gotcha. bit for me to warm up to it. But the latter half of the season is definitely better than the first half. Um, and Star Trek Lower Decks, still vibing, still good. Um, Abbott Elementary, genuinely, a lot of people have been saying this, and I full-heartedly agree. It revitalized the sitcom genre. Like... Dude, it, it got so many Emmys. <laughs> and they're warranted. There's, It is still very much a sitcom. So I want you to understand that when you go into it. Um, So if you're completely burnt out on sitcoms in general, I would say give it a shot. But don't be surprised if like you're four or five episodes in and like you still don't get it. Like I understand that. Um, It's just like it doesn't feel like it's going for low-hanging fruit. It doesn't do that new TV thing. Sitcoms have been doing this for years where it's like, what's trendy right now? Let's write about that. This show doesn't do that. It's like, I I think it also has the benefit of kind of being the first in its area where it's a workplace comedy that takes place in an elementary school, which I think is a workplace that has not been delved into as much. And there's a lot of people that can relate. Yes. So that show just has a lot going for it. Um, I also really, the guy who plays young Chris in Everybody Hates Chris, um, he's one of the leads in the show and he does a really good job. The writer and star of the show, her name is Quinta Brunson and she used to be at BuzzFeed which was like a really weird thing for me to notice or for me to realize. Like that's how I know her. Yeah. I had never heard of her before Abbott elementary. And so I'm like, what else is she? Buzzfeed, but Buzzfeed cranking out talent, bro. It's yeah. Her try guys. Try guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's what I've been going with. Alex, what about you? Well, as you know, as a father, I've been uh, watching a lot of kids shows recently, and we've started, we watched a movie called Luck on Apple TV, and it slaps, bro. It's about, like, good luck and bad luck and where it's made and how you get it, and it's 
really cool. A lot of world building for a kid's movie. A lot of it. Um, but I'm, it was, it was fire. It was super cool. Um, a couple things that were annoying, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Like the main character is supposed to be 18. She looked 30. It's whatever, but it's animation. You know, it could have been easy to fix. Oh man. Voice uh, actors. Yeah. I know the movie you're talking about, and I looked at the poster. She does look 30. She looks like she's going through a quarter-life crisis. That's what I thought the movie was about. No, she's 18. She just aged out of, like, the a house for girls, like foster care. Okay. However, Simon Pegg is co-starring in this movie. Jane Fonda's in this movie. Whoopi Goldberg's in this movie. Laurel Howery's in this movie. Flula Borg's in this movie. It's got star power. It's good. It's, uh... What's the studio for this? It's not a Disney movie. It's not um, DreamWorks. It's a Skydance. Skydance movie. It, the animation holds up. It's super cool. The concept is very new. I haven't seen this done before. Um, it was just a cool world. Things, Bad things kept going on to the point where I didn't know where the first, second, and third act was. Because bad things just kept happening. Um, but it was very cool. It's about, it has friendship in it. It's got luck in it. People genuinely making sacrifices for each other, but you're also in a new world. Like you get to the, go to the world where luck is made. Um, it's it's also produced by, um, one of the previous CCOs of Pixar animation studios, (laughs) which I only bring up because I just find it very funny that all the posters for this movie was like, uh, executive produced by one of the heads at Pixar, but they don't put his name because if you Google John Lasseter, you suddenly don't want to watch a John Lasseter movie anymore. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> but I would yeah, recommend, sure. I think it's like a seven and a half for me. It Rock was on. Enjoy, enjoyable for adults because there's just cute scenes. It was just, it was an easy watch, man. Easy watch. I love to see that. Um, Man, I might have to circle back to that then. Okay. Um, Next week, big week, end of October, end of spooky month. We are shooting for the moon on this one. Um, For the last month and last year, we've been doing the classics. Now we're not. Um, We're top. Here's the thing. It's a classic bad guy, but we're going to watch a new movie. Yes. We are watching both modern It movies. It and It Chapter 2. Yes. Finn Wolfhard is the only one that I can remember from the first one. (laughs) <laughs> but it's the movie that came out in 2017 and 20, uh, 2017, 2019. So like they're the most recent ones. It's got um, Skarsgård in it as the clown. It'll be cool. I think we all, I bet you most people have already seen it. I haven't watched either one of them and I'm very excited. Yeah. So that's next week. And I'm very excited about that. Uh, but until then, my name is Craig Wells, AKA Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, AKA Alex Good. Have fun, be safe and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces.